Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard, editor of Australian Brews News, and thanks to Bintani, this is the last of our special editions of Radio Brews News, recorded live at Gabs in Melbourne. Our partnership with Bintani enabled Brews News to take our mobile studio to Gabs and capture some great conversations with a wide range of people in the beer industry. As we've remarked in the past, there were some audio challenges involved in recording from the Gabs floor. But hopefully you'll appreciate those challenges and understand that the conversations were well worth getting. Today we have a couple of short interviews with some of the unsung members of the brewing industry. People who, as you will see, generally let their beers do the talking and are quite reluctant in front of a microphone. First, we have Grum from Exit Brewing. We weren't able to tease Grum's real name out of him, but we were able to learn the background to Exit Brewing his approach to brewing, and his reaction to picking up a couple of gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards the night before. We also get his thoughts on why brewing is so attractive to refugees from the IT industry. It's a thoughtful chat with a quiet character. Enjoy this chat with Exit Brewing's Grum. Grum from Exit Brewing, welcome to Radio Brews News Live from Gabs 2019. Thank you, great to be here. Right, we've never had you on the podcast, uh, we've, I don't think we've even sort of uh, had you as a, as a guest of the panel discussions. That's because I don't get out much. Uh, I kind of lock myself away in the brewery and, and make beer, so um, yeah, I probably should get out more and I've been told that... Uh, being more present in the media is a great thing to do, but I never do it, so... But, hey, I'm glad to be here now. Some brewers let their beers speak for them. Yeah, ho- hopefully. And, and, and that's been very much uh, the, the case for, for Exit Brewing. So, tell us about your results last night. Uh, so, uh, we got two goals. Uh, one for a Session XBA, which I brewed... Uh, well, I packed a couple of weeks ago, and it's one of the beers that came out like every time you brew a beer, you're always um, batch to batch going, you know, how is this one going to come out? There's always very slight variations. And, um, but as far as results go, for me, it was a beer that I was as happy with as any, any beer I've brewed in probably two years. Um, so I just felt it was, it was spot on. It's, it is a mid-strength at 3.5%, but it tastes like a full pale ale. got a really great hop aroma. Um, the body stands up really well, so... Um, yeah, stoked to get a gold on that. And the milk stat we've been doing. Just before you move on to the milk stat, I just want to. One of the things that is endlessly fascinating is beer style names. And, you know, for, for a long time I used to say that a session IPA is basically a badly unbalanced pale yeah. ale. Yeah. So, so talk to me. So, XPA is a style that doesn't exist, is it? Well, yeah, XPA isn't really defined. So. The X goes for extra, and the thing is, there can be lots of different things. So some people go it's extra hoppy, some people say it's extra uh, light or extra pale. Um, I guess ours is both. So um, it, it is a very hoppy version of a mid-strength beer. Um, it is very pale, it's kind of by design. Um, and we've put the session in front of it because I guess by design, most of our beers are very uh, flavorful, and we brew beer for the experience rather than the you know, amount you kind of drink. Um, so this one particularly, we've dialed down a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, I think it finishes really well. 
Um, and yeah, as I said, I'm I'm so happy with this beer that that's pretty much all I've drunk for a couple of weeks, which is great because um, good beer week, especially uh, trying to stay on on top of your life while uh, having events every day. Um, that's a great thing to do. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm rehydrating with uh, anything that's mid-strength, you know, 3% sour, yeah. um, because a little bit of acid on, on, on the vocal cords with all of this talking. And, and I, uh, I think we've kind of learnt that um, from our our history and, and how we fell in love with beer. Um, when we were living in the UK, we went to Belgium a lot. So it was our kind of you know, experience of trying new beers and... The problem with Belgium is there's a lot of doubles, triples, quadruples. So we, we worked out that anything below an 8% is basically a light beer in Belgium. <laughs> so, so you go to festivals, you're trying to sample several beers, loving them, enjoying them, but you, know, you have to stay on top of your life. So, um, with, And that's how we discovered Tower. So you know, Cantillon was um, a gateway to well, probably the best beers in the world that at the time eight or ten years ago not a lot of people were drinking them but it's like it's an amazing flavour profile um, also a palate cleanser and at 5% so it's a great experience and, and, and that's interesting because I've been to Belgium as well and into Germany I've noticed that the way that they drink is very different to Australians whereas we're almost conditioned that you're just constantly lifting the, the, the glass and so there is a, a, a pace and a tempo of drinking um, based on, on what we drink. But when you go to Oktoberfest, and I was at Oktoberfest with a bunch of um, Germans who were in the marketing board, and I was on my very best behavior. I didn't want to be one of those Australians. And so I was drinking very, what felt like a forced, slow pace. And even so, I was drinking at half the speed of my German hosts. And yet they were uproarious. You know, they were sort of standing up and dancing and having a great time. And I've noticed the same about Belgium. You know, when you're drinking an 8% beer, you'll drink that over an hour. Um, whereas I would be hard-pressed to force myself to slow down to, to drink a beer that way. A little bit, yeah. And I think um, the, the Australian culture is about a shout. So you, you, you walk into a bar, you've got a couple of mates, and so whoever's the fastest drinker sets the pace, um, which is probably not ideal. Um, and especially when you are... like. If, You've got a, a range of beers and people are enjoying them. It should be about the flavour rather than um, yeah, how much you're drinking. So, yeah, it's it is a very different experience, and it's one of the things I loved about like a Belgian beer festival. You'd, you'd turn up and um, they'd have the the brewery stalls, and they would have their own individual glasses um, with like gold embossed tops, and just you know, in Australia you get a plastic cup because. That's you know that, that, that's all we can be responsible for apparently over here, um, but in yeah, in Belgium you'll, you'll turn up and they'll have like they'll have a quack stall and they will give you a quack glass in its little wooden holder and it's ornate and it's you know it's an interesting way to drink a beer so and they've all got their own character to them and they bring out the aroma slightly differently and the flavour slightly differently and so yeah the, the the glass is part of the experience over there which is. How do we change the culture here to, to, to make it? Because obviously, that doesn't just happen. It, it, it evolves over time. But what what would you see as the changes that we need to make to change the culture? I think it is changing um, with the craft beer emergence. Like the, 
there's a lot of people now who like it's their experience with beer is like it's craft beer so they will they're happy to go and have three or four beers i guess like 20 years ago when i started drinking it was go to the pub and have how many pots i was like yeah get your get your carton draft or your vb and drink away with your mates and it was about the the social experience but yeah, it wasn't about the flavor of the beer it was about the consuming of the beer um whereas i think that is already changing and a lot of people now are their beer experience is craft beer and there's different styles and flavors and aromas and uh, an experience that people can go through uh, and they can enjoy it for that and i think if you go to a craft beer bar particularly people will go up and they'll interact and talk about the beer and be less about how much they drink and more about the experience of drinking the beer and it is the process towards the same thing as they do in europe now before we move on you started to tell me about your second gold medal winning beer, which was a, uh, a stout. Ah, yeah. So the milk stout, which um, that was the third beer we brewed commercially, um, which became part of the core range very early on. Um, and yeah, so last night we took out uh, a gold medal and a trophy for best stout at the AOBAs, which is an amazing achievement, I guess. Um, yeah. So was really amazingly more surprised than anything that the, the milk stout won a, a, a trophy against like the world's best stouts. So, yeah. And there weren't too many gold medal winners in the uh, stout category, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. There's a few, but yeah. I, I distinctly remember that Porter only had one or two, but uh, I don't think stout had... It certainly didn't have the pages and pages that the IPAs had. Yeah, I guess yeah, IPAs tend to be the most popular... Uh, category, so there's a lot more entries as well. So I guess, yeah, there's, there was like 200 IPAs entered or something like that. I'm not sure how many stouts, but so before we have a, a, a little bit of, ch- of a chat about Exit and, uh, and and the brewery, talk to me about Grum. I've I've, I've only ever heard you referred to as uh, Grum. It's only ever sort of written about as Grum. Obviously, you weren't criticized uh, Chris Grum. Um, so t- t- talk to us about that. Um, Okay, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, and um, I guess it started as a family nickname, and uh, even my mum calls me Grom, so it's, uh, it's, it's who I am, um, and then I ended up working with my brother, and so all my work friends stopped calling me my real name, which is a secret, so we can't mention that. Oh, so, um, so, so, oh, so we're not allowed to know, no, we, 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 we can't it. break that. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of silence right there. <laughs> Um, and so my work friends all started calling me Grom and then my work friends interacted with my other friends in life and they all started calling me Grom and it got to the point where like, I, I could introduce myself as my other name which we don't mention uh, but then like two minutes later you'd be talking to someone and someone would be calling me Grom and it just it was confusing so it just Grom is across the board so yeah I just stick with that unless it's um, for legal reasons or something like that and so Grum, talk to us about your background. How did you get into brewing? So, Exit is named after being XIT. So, uh, both Fraser and I worked in IT for uh, well, a lot of years. Um, after probably 20 years working in an office and working in IT, uh, it was a job I enjoyed and uh, worked well with, but just was I had enough. I didn't want to do another 20 years of the same kind of thing, so I wanted something different. Um, and so I looked at my passions in life. So hobbies, passions, and as I said, living in the UK and traveling to Belgium and trying different and amazing beers, that was 
something I thought that would be an interesting thing to do. So, yes, basically took up home brewing with the idea of I want to understand and do the best I can at this to be able to open a commercial brewery. So, spent five years. You didn't have a hobby of home brewing that thought, gee, I love this, I'd love to make a living out of it. You actually started home brewing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I started with the end product. I, wa- I wanted to make beer. So, I taught myself how to brew um, and spent several years and um, moved to Northern Ireland with my wife who is from Northern Ireland and spent a year over there basically just brewing and reading and studying and re-brewing um, and learning as much as I could. So yeah, very much self-taught but in the direction of absolutely making the best quality beer um, with the best techniques and um, made a lot of friends in Ireland because they like a beer. So <laughs> it worked well. What's the attraction for somebody coming from IT? The, 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 the industry and the homebrew community are filled with people that have come from a background in IT. What is the attraction of brewing to people with that sort of technical background? Um, I think it's to do it well. It's very analytical. So yeah, you, you've got to you've got to hit your numbers. You've got to, there's a process involved. It is it's a very much a problem solver based um, process. So any issues that come up, it's in, in a lot of ways, in a different way, but in a lot of ways similar. Um, there's a lot of technicalities. You go, well, how can I do this better? How can I you know, make this as good as possible? And I guess even more than IT, the, I've got a maths background as well and um, legi- uh, uh, operations research being a problem-based kind of um, area. That was probably the area that I was most attracted to. So um, I think it works in well. It's like, well, how can I make this most efficient and, and best and, and get the, uh, the optimum result from whatever I'm trying to do? And has it delivered on that? Uh, some, sometimes. <laughs> and it has, I guess I'm probably my harshest critic and I always find that you know, it could be better here or you know, maybe this should have happened or... Um, and it's yeah, and it's, I think that's part of the, the fun of it. Um, uh, even though it's um, to everyone's perception, it's like well, people go, oh, "This is this is exactly what I want." I always think, "Well, is there a way to make it better?" And actually, the only beer that I've brewed in the last two years that I'm going, I am happy with, is the Session XPO. So that you won gold for. Yes. One of the things again, I'm fascinated about why people stay in the industry, and it's it's a physically demanding industry when, when you're brewing but then it's also uh, and it, it demands a lot of energy because you're not just brewing you're the marketer you're delivering half the time particularly at, 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 at the starting and it's an industry that demands a lot of passion um, to and, and to, to, to keep that enthusiasm up um, do you have any observations on, on, on my observation? Uh, oh, you're right. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I've come from a corporate job and had no real idea of what running a business was. So uh, yeah, started off from scratch, brewed beer, and then go, well, now we're going to sell it. So was out trying to sell it um, and have tried a lot of things and have realized I'm not very good at a lot of things. How, how have you dealt with that? Because that is something, and again, I, I speak to a lot of people before they pull the, 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 the um, uh, trigger on opening a brewery, but they're passionate, they look at the industry, they look at the camaraderie, 
and you, you try and sort of say, but it's not all of those things. That you, you're seeing the romantic element of it, but there's a lot of challenges. Yeah. When you've found that there are things that you aren't good at in running this business that you obviously enjoy, how have you dealt with those things? Um, well, you just have to try your best, I guess. Uh, ideally, um, you, you can hire people to do a better job than you, um, but you know that's that's a process of growing and, and being able to afford to have employees. So um, we got a we hired a sales girl last week, Luana. So welcome aboard. Um, so 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 that's now a staff of three, uh, or, or three three involved in the business because we got Fraser's my business partner. Yep. Um, my wife Alison does a little bit of sales part time while also looking after our two kids. So uh, and we've got Lauren full time who pretty much runs the business. Does all, all those things that I said, yeah, not very good at. Yeah, I've got Lauren for that. Um, so she's kind of my boss. So I, I make beer, she tells me what to do. So so at that scale, and, and, and you, you you brew out of Keiju, um, are, you in, are you invested in their brewery or uh, what's the arrangement there? Uh, yes, so we're, we're partners in the brewery. Um, I guess the original story is we both had um, tanks at... Uh, Cavalier in um, Derriment and I guess Kaiju outgrew their tank well they actually had two tanks but um, and they needed to expand and so they approached us and said look would you like to also expand and invest in this brewery and um, yeah it was um, yeah they we looked at what they were doing and the proposition and, and, and I, I love the guys like Nat and Cal are awesome people and we work really well together um, so it made a lot of sense to just go yep I'll absolutely join in with you guys and um, they're passionate about their beer and the quality of the beer and yeah I couldn't ask to work with you know better people um, so yeah it's a, it's a and, and, and they're very loved in the industry it's a, an arrangement that obviously works you know, for, for, for both of you because both of the breweries are highly regarded. Highly, you know, everyone sort of speaks about um, the, the KG guys and and yourself, at, you know, in, in very affectionate terms. So you've obviously created a, um, a a presence in the industry. Yeah, I think we both have a massive passion for the quality of the beer. Um, so everything we do is about making great beer. So you know, most days we'll sit in, we interact, and we sit in the brewery and we say, "How can we make this better?" And so it's always assessed. I guess you've got you've got a partner to bounce off. So you can do your best job, but you know often you need another input or another piece of knowledge or another you know another head to bounce things off. And um, yeah, it works brilliantly. There must be challenges at the same time coming from you know, a, a corporate environment um, where you're getting a regular paycheck. You know you don't have to run the business; you just serve the business. And now you are doing everything, but then also you're reliant on everything that comes through the business to feed your family and, and, and pay your staff. And you're a very small business that is subject to the fluctuations in the marketplace. How, how do you deal with that? Or, or, or what's that like? Um, yeah, it could be really hard. Um, and even, even seasonal factors affect you massively. So um, I think we're actually really lucky in that we have got the milks out because winter tends to be a slow period for selling beer whereas luckily as a business model not by design just by luck the uh, the milk stout sale is great in winter so it keeps that 
you know, cash flow going that you need to survive. Um, but yeah, month to month, yeah, it can it can mean I just don't pay myself, um, and that's that's what it is. So yeah, luckily I've got beer at the end of the day. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. That's the thing. You, you you pay your staff first, and there are some weeks that you're eating mints on toast because <laughs> you can afford mints on toast. <laughs> well, I'm never quite sure how long it's been in the freezer. Is, there <laughs> is there light at the end of the tunnel for a, a business exit site? You know, again, I, I I I love looking at the the journeys and the passions, and sometimes I look at as as a business you've got startup capital. And when you burn that out, if if you can't replenish it somehow, that's the end of the business. And I also see uh, passion as being a, a separate bank account of startup capital. And you do see businesses that run out of um, passion, and it's a harder thing to top up sometimes. And that's uh, a good point. Um, I think. Luckily, uh, we've chosen something that we do love. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to fall out of love with beer, like good beer. Um, and Could you fall out of love with the business of making it, though? Um, it can be really hard, and it is. And it's a, it takes up a lot of time. And sometimes it's like, well, I would like to spend more time with my family. I'd like to do lots of different things. But, um, yeah, I still love the beer. I love the process. I love... You know, it's something like last night winning a trophy at the AOBAs, that, that gives it a nice little top up. It's like, you know, you get recognised by your peers and, um, yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, that, that you say there's there's a level that drops, but, um, yeah, that, that gives it definitely a boost and a top up and you go, well, yeah. And something like uh, like beer events like this, um, you go around, you, you talk to people who are, are, are passionate as well and it's, it's infectious. So... You know, they're having, you know, it, especially I guess for me being being the old man, I'm you know, five years down, but having a, a new brewery start up and it's their first beer, it's their first festival, it's their first whatever, and it's our first beer. Try this, and it's like it's really good. It's like it's great. So yeah, that that keeps the the passion going. I think. It, look, there's a little Belgian brewery up on the Gold Coast uh, near where I'm from. They brew out of their garage. They're a Belgian couple that came out, started a little brewery, and before they came out from Belgium, they had an engineering firm. And I asked them a very similar question, and uh, they said that they ran their engineering firm and had all of the same challenges and things like that, but they said at the end of the day, when we made something that we were proud of, the customer put it in a cupboard, it was a, it was a piece of engineering. So they went in the cupboard, and that was that. When we make something that we're proud of now we get to see somebody enjoy it and you see the pleasure on their face yeah. and it's just so... And I guess that's, for me, it's a massive turnaround and like I used to effectively put out um, electricity bills. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's a really good electricity bill. But no one's happy to see it. No one's <laughs> like, so, you know, at the end of the day now, I make beer and uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that and... And I think everyone else is as well. Everyone would rather have a beer than an electricity bill, right? So. <laughs> Even if they have to pay both. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Where's my value? So what's next for Exit? Um, you, you, you're you still sharing premises. Is, is the dream ultimately to have your own brewery or you just sort of want to grow with the, the, the Keiju guys? Or We thought about both. Um, I, I absolutely love being 
symbiotic with the kaiju guys. Um, and it, I think it makes us both better. So at the moment, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying that. I have thought about the idea of getting um, a brew pub probably somewhere down a peninsula and uh, doing that as well. Um, and we've got the bar in Richmond already, so you know, I don't think I would do anything in the city based on it's not commercially viable. Um, but yeah, it, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying the yeah the experience of brewing with the kaiju guys um as for beers we've got um a double milk stout in tank um which yeah i brewed that a couple of years ago um which is yeah it probably works well that we're winning a trophy for the milk stout at the moment and then i'm sure people want to try the double milk stout so yeah oh grum thank you very much for joining us and as everyone can probably hear in the background the session has ended so we're between sessions at, at, at Gab's, and this is the best time we should have been recording all of this. The, 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 <laughs> it's nice and quiet. It is no uh, giant Jenga. Um, but Grum, thank you very much for joining us uh, and giving up a little bit of your Gab's 2019 to uh, have a chat with uh, Radio Brews News Live, and all the very best for Exit, and congratulations on your two gold medals last night. Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you. And that was Grum. We also then got to chat with Pia Poynton and Eddie Still from Nowhere Brewing. Pia talks us through the story of Nowhere Man, while Eddie very reluctantly takes the mic and takes us through the process of making his first gold medal winning beer, and a little bit about him and his background in brewing. Enjoy this conversation with Nowhere Man's Pia Poynton and Eddie Still. Welcome to Radio Brews News Live, Eddie Still and Pia Poynton from Nowhere Man Brewery from Western Australia. Hi, thanks for having us. Well, Pia, you're no stranger to Radio Brews News. You've been <laughs> a, uh, a, a guest before and I think even a co-host with us previously. You've been our WA correspondent uh, previously reporting on everything that's happening in WA. Yeah, I have, absolutely. But now you are at Nowhere Man uh, Brewing. Yes, yep. So uh, be just about a little over a year now. Um, and we turned two in July, so it's been, uh, it's been a really awesome journey. Very exciting. And last night, we're recording this the day after the Australian International Beer Awards 2019 were announced. Last night, you took home your first ever gold medal? We did. It was very, very exciting uh, for our Rhapsody XPA. Um, and it was particularly exciting for us um, because it was a, the first sort of original brew for uh, Eddie at the brewery since joining in July, I believe. Yeah, so it was it was very special uh, in that respect. Well, that's awesome. Well, we might ask Eddie a uh, couple of questions about the beer, seeing uh, he's the yeah, take see brewers. They never want to. It's always the, the the marketing people that want to talk. But I want to hear from the, the the brewer, Eddie. What was it that uh, got you interested in making an XBA? Was it you as the brewer saying this is a sort of beer that I really love making, or was it? Hey, these XBAs are doing really well, and I think I can get a gold medal recipe. A little column A, a little column B, to be honest. I really enjoy the beer, obviously, um, and it does so well. So. so, so what is an XBA to you? Because it's one of those great discussions that beer geeks love to go on. We've always had, well, not always had, but we've got the American Pale Ale, then we've got an Australian Pale Ale, then we've got a Summer Ale, then we've got an IPA that are all sort of hop-driven pale ales, but the XPA adds something to each of those to, to some extent. So what is an XPA to you? To me, this is a name on this beer. We have a really nice multi-American-style pale that was already there. Yep. But I prefer a not-so-multi, fruity pale. So you lighten and the body out a little bit? Yeah. 
So this is just my version of a pale ale, to be fair. Okay. But so you can't then, have two pails, so one's an XBA. And then it was your chief of communications who sort of said, hey, let's slap an XBA. All the cool kids are drinking XBA. Not so much. It definitely <laughs> falls in the category. Okay. Well, obviously it does. It yeah. won a gold medal. Yeah. So you, you, you lighten the body a little bit. How did you do that? Really simple, basic wrist. It's yep. pretty much pale malt and a little bit of wheat and a sprinkle of caramel malt. That's it. And I, I, I can tell you don't go too much for long Facebook discussion groups to discussing the intricacies. It sounds like you're the kind of brewer that just goes, I just want to make good beer and I hope people enjoy it. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I would say that's a fair summary. <laughs> Less is more sometimes. <laughs> you're making it very hard to coax out there, which is great. That's not a criticism at all because there is a lot of bullshit that goes on in this industry. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, How hard is it? Is this your first professional brewing gig at Nowhere Man? Not professional brewing, but first head brewer. First head brewer? Yeah. It's been challenging. Challenging in what sense? So how is it being the guy that when people jump on rate beer or they jump on uh, untapped and they, you know, some flog says, oh, this beer is shit, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. How is that? You know, what's it like when you're a guy that's in there lugging the malt day in, day out and you're seeing people just vote on your beer I just guess I don't know you have to take it as it is it's someone's observation and I guess they're entitled to feel that way <laughs> I mean I can't change it I do the best I can and that's what they they think so so, yeah. be it. so how, how did you get into uh, brewing in the first place because I don't, I'm gathering that your first career choice wasn't public speaking no <laughs> <laughs> no um, I used to manage bars. Okay. Didn't so, want to talk to people anymore. So <laughs> I became a brewer. <laughs> and then PM made you go on radio. Yeah, something like that. Funnily enough, I don't like talking to people either, but put a microphone on. When you're talking about beer, it's something that just genuinely fascinates me. So um, I'm the least social bloke off, off mic, but on, on mic I just uh, am fascinated. So when you were working bars, were you working in craft beer bars? Did you sort of... What was your progress to go from just, um, I want to do something else? Did you homebrew or did you... Yes, a lot of traveling. I worked a lot of bars in Europe and traveled a lot in Europe. So discovered that there were different beers while being in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Different from, you're a WA boy. Um, Different from Swan Lager, I take it? Pretty much. Cooper's Green or I guess Cooper's Green was my beer. Was there one particular beer that was your epiphany? Not really. I wouldn't say. It might have been like a Ho Gardens wheat beer or something like that. I don't know. It would have been something simple like that. Yeah, which isn't a particularly hop, hoppy style. Um, when you got into home brewing, did you try and replicate that or did you then move on and discover a, a love of hops? I think a bit of both. I think I tried and failed at many, many things, <laughs> to be honest. Many a failure at many different styles. And tell us a little bit about what's going on in WA at the moment. We're seeing a lot of small local breweries pop up, um, but at the same time, there's a certain feeling of disconnect on the West Coast. Whenever I speak to people in the WA industry, you know they feel very isolated from what's going on on the on the East Coast. Is that something that you guys feel? Do you just stick to your guns over there, or do you look to send beer across the country? I've never thought of it like that. I don't feel isolated, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think we have a great 
community of brewers over there, to be honest. And I've got some great beers to drink and great friends in the industry. So maybe, yeah, I guess we are a bit isolated, but I don't feel isolated. It's a state of mind. You got anything in the pipeline? You guys have anything uh, new and to be released? There's a stout fermenting as we speak. A uh, new mid-strength. The mid-strength's a work in progress at the moment. It's kind of every batch is a little bit different until we find one we are going to settle on, I guess. There's, yeah, the Gabs beer has just come out, which is quite interesting. Tell us about your Gabs beer. Um, it's a dark beer to gar, I guess, with a lot of dried figs, some port, and oak barrel, like vanilla, French oak. Yeah. Does that go back to your time through Europe, just that beer to guard style? or? Yeah, it's something I definitely found and appreciated over there. This was, I guess, a beer that I want to sit on the couch with and eat some cheese and just sip. It's not a beer I'm going to drink pints and pints of. That's my dream beer. It's a sipper on the couch. Yeah, no, that's very much the the, the sort of beer that I love to drink. And it doesn't sound like it's... With Gabs, people tend to want to dial up the wacky um, and not necessarily want to make something that they'll they'll make again. Sounds like you've made something that is a little bit more... Serious is the word. So, I mean, there's, there's just a, a, a good drinking beer, but as a, a, a one-off, or w- would you like to brew it again? I think it'll be a one-off for sure. Um, it's not. Yeah, I'm not a wacky brewer. I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm picking that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not in a bad way. Because I learned to brew from a, a very good brewer. Who was that? Who, who Charlie was? Hodgson from Helios. He was a very good mentor to me, and I think he would be appalled at his teachings if I went too wacky. <laughs> so you brewed at Gage? A Gage and then a Marsh. Okay. And then wow. Little Creatures. Yep. And, and Little Creatures, well, that's, that's quite a... I mean, you, you've, uh, well, everyone looks young to me these days, but uh, you, 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 you're still fairly young. So you... I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the, the, the stout, nothing on the horizon for you guys? Or have you got anything coming up for West Australia Beer Week? A bunch of really good collaborations. There's a new bar, Besk, that's opening up up the road. Yep. Doing something really good with them. We've got our first, uh, our second birthday, sorry, coming up. So we'll be doing a beer with that. Uh, the Boat Rocker guys are coming over to brew a beer with us. I went to, one one of the few events I went to this week was the Boat Rocker Rare Beer Take. It was fantastic, you know, just lovely, lovely beers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what you come up with. Yeah, it'll be somewhat intimidating and yet, Exciting to brew with those guys. I'd love to have a mic and just sort of see how, how you come alive when you're sort of talking about uh, recipes with the brewers as opposed to uh, sort of on, 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 on mic here. So maybe I'll have a chat to Pierre and sort of see if we get a fly on the wall. Sure. <laughs> so so what, and what's coming up um, from a marketing point of view, Pierre? Um, well, it... <laughs> so it, he, 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 it is straight away exited stage chair. left. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of yeah exciting he, things. He obviously up. speaks with the stainless. Yeah, oh, uh, Eddie is. Um, yeah, we're we're very fortunate to have him on board, and as you can tell, coming from such a diverse background in terms of that sort of um, larger brewery setup with Gage and with Little Creatures, and then you know working with uh, Charlie, who is you know sort of you know very well known and respected from around the area um, at Mash, and he was there when um, Copycat won the big award at AIBA as well. So um, yeah, so. 
it's great to have Eddie on board and grab that and grab that gold. <laughs> did, did we get a photo of him before he disappeared? Because I've yeah. never seen anyone leave an interview yeah. chair quite that quickly. So hopefully uh, he wasn't a completely unwilling interview subject. No, no, he just, you know what brewers are, you know what brewers are like. But um, no, I just was... had Sam Fuss and I, I couldn't get her out of the chair. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it was uh, yeah, like yeah, Rhapsody. Rhapsody's his original uh, recipe, and as we were saying, you know, we already have. Crate Digger, which is our American style parallel in the in the portfolio, and that is more sort of malt driven, you know, with that kind of trademark citrusy, resiny kind of hop character. Um, but it is a little bit more malt driven, so it was nice to kind of take something like Rhapsody and really make it all about that tropical fruit forward and pull the malt back. So it's um, just a sort of a, a support, I suppose, but just to really showcase that hop character. And um, it started as a limited release. Um, and we thought, well, if it does well, we'll keep it on. And, you know, it's funny, we you look at the figures for the brewery bar week in and week out, and they're within five pints of each other. Like, there's definitely an audience for the American Pale Out and an audience for the XBA. So, it's um, yeah, it's perfect for us. And, yeah, we love it. The, the brief for the beer initially was basically something that was just really hop-driven that you'd pick up, drink, put back down and think, I want another. Like, and you just keep, yeah keep having it again so one last question just nowhere man where's the name from is it from oh, the Beatles song or is it, it is the Beatles song yeah yeah so uh Reese Whedon who is the owner um sort of uh was basically planning the brewery for about five years um and he really likes the song nowhere man uh so as I joke to people and I don't know how true it is I just say well if you've been planning something for five years you get to call it whatever you want <laughs> so that's where the name comes from and then our logo um, is a hop cone kind of done in a stencil art design so that's yep. where that all, all yep. comes from yeah really looking forward to getting over we are going to be back uh, actually again thanks to Bintani we're going to be recording live from uh, West Australia Beer Week and at the trade show so hopefully we can sort of catch up with you and Reese and uh check out some of your collaborations when we're over there yeah that would be fantastic you're welcome at the brewery anytime so come down love to thank you very much Peter Poynton and Eddie Stills wherever he's gone (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us on Radio Brews Newsline thank you very much cheers and that was Nowhere Man's Peter Poynton and Eddie Still for the last time we thank Craig, Steve and Guy and the whole Gabs team for the use of the space that we recorded in at Gabs and we congratulate them for another incredible Gabs Melbourne and also for their record year of attendances. Gabs really is one of the world's great festivals and if you're listening to us in New Zealand you should get along to Gabs in Auckland which is coming up. Don't forget if you like what we do at Radio Brews News you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. 